Welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. Um, it is currently uh, September 28th, and Malcolm, the Twins are AL Central champions, back-to-back. Two years in a row. There were lots of people saying coming in this final week that it didn't really matter. We were more worried about like where we seeded up. But honestly, winning a division, coming into the year, we wanted to win the division. Every year, your goal is to win your division, and we pulled that off this year. It was a great year. Lots of guys had big years. Some guys had some career years, and it was a great ending. Yeah, I think um, uh, one thing I've always been worried about is as the Twins go on, before we start getting into it, um, Malcolm, really quick before we set this up, in your opinion, how much of a, like, not, I don't want to say asterisk, asterisk, because that reminds me of the asterisk, but um, how much of, like, a kind of, how much do you think it'll, the celebration will be augmented because of the shortened season? Like, how much do you think people say it matters? Do you think we'll get the, um, the like, hype and stuff from everybody? Because I know you don't usually hear it from other fan bases, but, like, how excited will you be if the Twins win the World Series this year? If the Twins win the World Series, the 60-game season's not going to be hurting the celebration to me in any way. The only thing that's going to bother me about winning it in a 60-game season is not the 60-game season, but the COVID part of it and the inability to celebrate with friends, with fellow Twins fans to go out in the community and know that everyone else is really happy. You miss out on that whole parade atmosphere, getting to see team go by. You miss out on being in the ballpark there. And it's not even going to be in Minnesota, which after all these years of – we haven't won a playoff game in my lifetime, and so if we finally won one, I guess it would be at Target Field now, but to win one beyond this point, it's going to be in Texas and L.A., and that just doesn't feel the same as it does to win at Target Field behind your home crowd, and that's the part that hurts. 60 game season to me doesn't affect it. It's weird. I don't want it in the future, but we made it through a crazy season when I honestly didn't think we were going to make it through a season at many points, and so just the fact that any team was able to keep playing through it Really props to the Marlins. They lost like half their team to a COVID outbreak and they still made the playoffs and they just brought the energy all year. But just all around the fact teams were able to make it through with all these distractions. There was points where we were worried the Twins have shut down after the Cardinals tested positive after playing them and we made it. And I think that the fact that anyone made it is something to be appreciated and doesn't leave any me thinking that we missed anything. For sure. For sure. Um, and obviously the, uh, the Twins are going to win the World Series the next five years in a row. So it's not like there's going to – I mean, we're bound to have at least one – we're bound to have at least, like, four parades um, if we don't get this one. So, um, I, I mean, I'm not, not too not too sad about it. Um, but, yeah, anyways, so uh, this final week for the Twins was uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, they, we came into it – uh on i think we published our last episode on tuesday meaning that let's see here i think the twins played the tigers the game like after we we published um so what happened is the twins were behind the white Sox in this in the division and then they overtook it with a 5-4 win against the tigers that was a walk-off I think, right? That was a walk-off. Yep, Max Kepler, Max drove Kepler. In Eddie Rosario with a winning run. Got to wear the rally robe, the homer robe, bomber robe, whatever you want to call it. Oh, that's right. Um, ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, um, you probably know this already if you're uh, listening to this podcast, but um, the Twins, if they hit a homer, there's this new thing. Josh Donaldson, bringer of rain, bought everybody new robes, and 
they chose Nelson Cruz boomsticks rub to put on people whenever somebody hits a home run. I really like this. It's the vibes really, um, you know, that score gets increased there. So it's really fun. And then the next day, uh, it was seven, six, but it wasn't as close as that. It was like seven, two for a lot of the ball game. And then, um, some, a blown lead by the bullpen or not blown lead, but, um, almost blown lead by the bullpen. And then, um, that at this point, the twins were ahead of the white Sox, who lost many in a row. Jose Ramirez is our MVP. He, um, he just went off in that series and, they took the Indians like still fight. They still fought, you know, at the end of the season and twins uh, took um, first place with three games to go for both teams. This was massive. Um, if the White Sox won one game and the twins lost one game, the White Sox, while it was a tie, have the um, tiebreaker. They have the tiebreaker, so they would win. Um, but it was a three game series. And the first game, the White Sox got pummeled by the Cubs, which is good news for the Twins. And then the Twins started off good in that game, but, man, the rest of it was not good, dropping this one 7-2. to um, Yeah, this wasn't a great game. Jose Brios is on the mound. He actually looks better, but it was five innings, four runs, um, seven strikeouts, two walks, five hits. That's kind of what we see. It's a lot of strike. It's a good amount of strikeouts, but it's just the walks and just a lot of hits and that whip kind of getting hurt there, but, um, then Edward, Edward Colina made his major league debut and let's just say it did not go as well as he had hoped. He went point one innings, uh, four hits, two walks, three earned runs. So I'm not saying, oh no, I hate Edward Colina, terrible pitcher forever. No, it's, it's a new, it's new, you know, imagine coming in to a major league team for your first game. It's COVID season is so much different anyways. And you've got to throw 100 miles per hour with all that hype behind you a few games before the um, playoffs, you know. So it's just it's not necessarily the debut he would have hoped for. But congratulations on the debut. Yeah. Um, Colina has a great arm. I nice Derek Balby has apparently said that he has one of the best sliders in the organization, if not the best. And, yeah, he's got an incredible amount of talent, similar to Jorge Alcala. And it just didn't go well for him. He was clearly struggling with his command a little bit, but there's a lot of nerves going on there. He's got clearly pretty amped up and he's not going to be back this year. He's not going to be pitching the playoffs, but if we see him next year, I can't wait to see what he has to do because he's got so much incredible potential. And that's the thing we trade away. Bruce Dark Ratterall this last off season and got Kent Maeda. So clearly it was already a good deal, but when we brought up Alcala and now Kalina, which are two guys which basically throw the same as Gratterall did. Maybe not quite as hard, but pretty damn close. Yeah. That's a real good team. That's a real good bullpen. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, Gratterall threw 99-100. He hit 101-102. Um, Alcala was hitting that, and then he hit one. I think he hit – did he hit one, 101 once maybe or twice? His yeah. velocity has gone up this season and in his career, and his command has two. That is deadly. He's going to be an amazing piece um, in the Twins' bullpen. So then the Twins, the next game, the Cubs won this one – or the White Sox, I'm sorry, won this one. So the Twins, this was a must-win game for the Twins. These last three seemed like they needed to be, but the Twins did did their business just fine. Pineda had a kind of a rough start, four innings, two runs, a pitch count was just way up there, three walks, four hits. Um, And then Clippard, Stashak, Rogers, Duffy in that order – 
came in and besides Stashak giving up a run, they just shut them down. Duffy, man, he has been, I think he's been kind of, a, he's had a quietly amazing year again. He has like a sub one whip, a sub two ERA. He three, he struck out three guys in an inning and a third pitch, no hits, no walks. That is efficiency right there. Yeah. He's a guy that's just gonna be an incredible weapon. I can't wait to see how he's used in the playoffs. I think that he should be pitching just about every game for us coming in high leverage situation, seventh, eighth, ninth innings. There's a big outs to get in the fifth. He could come in then. He's going to get moved around lots of different situations. He could get a save here and there, but wherever he's pitching this year, he's done well. And I, I assume can only imagine he can keep doing that in the playoffs. Yeah. So going into the final game of the 60, sa- 60 game shortened season, it seemed like we were just getting started, Malcolm, and already it's over. But uh, this one was a close one between the Cincinnati Buds and the uh, Twinkies. Man, the White the White Sox were were down like 10-1 or 10-0 on the Cubs or something crazy like that. And then they came back and made it 10-8 final. So no matter what the Twins did, they would win the division. It just depended on seeding then. Um, the Twins went on to lose this game. It was a uh, – they went into extras and the, the Reds scored three on a terrible inning by Sergio Romo. Um, it seems like – have you noticed how, like, Alcala came in with runners on, and he gave up a hit but in .2 innings, but he just didn't give up any runs or anything. Um, Rich Hill had a really nice start again. Man, he's looked good his past few starts. Um, and then uh, Matt Whistler, Clippard, May, Theobar, Romo, Alcala, in that order. Um, everybody looked good except for Clippard actually looked fine. He had a good amount of – like, he looked good. It, like, his stuff looked fine. Uh, I think Romo's slider was just terrible. Oh, man, it just did not break. It just couldn't get a great grip on the ball. But anyways, at that point, like, there was so many, so much stress going into each game, and the Twins ended up winning the AL Central just barely. Actually, didn't the White Sox – yeah, the White Sox came in third place because the, the Indians won their final game on a walk – or on, like, a late-inning comeback, so – the Indians actually finished second and the White Sox finished third. I was very surprised about that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. The White Sox just really choked down the stretch. They had a point where all they had to do was win two of their last eight games and they only won one of them. And that left the door open for the twins. And we did what we needed to do to go through it. And we ended up with a division title. It was a pretty great comeback. Yeah. Most of our relievers have looked strong. I'd say Rome in that inning didn't, really have it but I still think once it gets to the playoffs he's got that feeds off energy the more energy the better he is and it's just going to be even higher energy in the playoffs he's going to be huge it was funny after the White Sox officially lost teams often after they've already clinched division will go to what they call their post clinch lineup the next day where they just have like their worst hitters out there they don't put any of their starters in you put on basically everyone in your bench is starting which has been the twins lineup half the year with all the injuries but after they officially clinched. We put Adrian's into pinch hit for Rise and then had Gar- Jeffers on deck to pinch hit for Cruz. And it, we were just doing our, our mini little post clinch lineup there. Yeah. Um, but it was a good way to end the season. It wasn't, we didn't get to celebrate on the field because we lost, but it was, team still seemed pretty happy and they're ready to go. Yeah, for sure. So um, the Twins, now we are on to the Houston Trash stro- Trash Strows. Um, it seems like it's Twins fans and everybody else except for Houston Astros fans who are on our side. Um, it has been 
kind of amazing how much like I've seen these big like Zach Campbell, you know who you know that you know how Zach Campbell is the guy who catches all like those home runs and all. Anyways, I saw him. Yeah. He uh, he uh, like commented on the MLB like bracket post. He goes he goes go Twins and stuff. I was just I love to see that because he's a I think he's a Yankees fan. Maybe not. Not sure. Don't no idea. But anyways, um, it's just so fun to see everybody from around the league. Um, everybody's like go Twins, and I'm like thank you. It's fun. But anyways, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the probables for this um, upcoming series. It is a three-game series. Um, game one, it looks like it's going to be Maeda versus Granke. This seems like the obvious option. Uh, Verlander is out um, for this year and most likely the next year, which sucks. And, but Granke has done well this year, 3-3 three and three with a 4.04 ERA, I believe. Um his last like seven starts though he has like a 5.05 era something like that so it's been it's gone up a lot um and then we've got and he's definitely just a finesse pitcher he just he doesn't throw hard he's a um which and he's just got a lot of control which the twins do not seem to do well against but kenta maeda the twins definitely number one just our ace most on it's this is just an amazing pickup people have said maeda is amazing but i haven't heard much about how good of a move this was picking him up he has looked insane. It is just, oh, man. He has looked unbelievable. He has not given up three or more runs in every single start he has made for the Twins. Um, so that's game one. Then Barrios versus McCullers in game two. McCullers used to be good. Not anymore, in my opinion. Just not that great of a pitcher. Versus Barrios, who touched 98. I think it was 97.7, but that rounds up to 98 miles per hour in his last start. And, like, the third inning so that's middle inning for middle innings for Brios' standards um but and he's looked really good recently i think if we see good Brios, there's no way the astros stand a chance there and then michael pineda very consistent the past couple of years for the twins um versus uh i can't remember valdez's first name but it's framber valdez thank you very much um framber valdez um who not again if you haven't heard of him and i obviously couldn't pronounce his name it's because he's not that good pineda can definitely take this one and i think um the twins are at home how how is it gonna work with um are the like is the big board gonna say like go twins and all because it is a home game is there gonna be crowds here it's a home game so it's gonna be crowds here it's gonna be crowd for our fan noise yeah, it's all for us. It's just like a normal home game in 2020. Obviously different from a normal home game any other year, but it's three home games to Twins, which is a big advantage this year and any other year. If you look at the stats, the Twins this year have been incredible on the at home. Literally the best team ever for their home record, and the Astros have been terrible on the road. They have not been able to do anything yeah. this I year. Think- on the road. I think what I, the one thing where I, st- I still think it's obviously an advantage for the Twins, but one thing I'm worried about, the Astros have played here. This is Globe Globe Life Park, I believe. Um, the new we're at Target Field. We're at Target Field. I thought it was the bubble in Texas. Yeah, no, it's Target Field for these first oh, three that's games, and we're going right. to the bubble. Okay, that's right. Anyways, I was thinking like the corners and like how guys play ground balls to the end of the outfield and stuff, like how we play ball, like bounces off the wall. Um, but never mind. So Twins are going to take the first two. Um, and I think we're going to go into a break in a second. But before, I just want to talk about how I've heard stuff about how there's no East Coast bias. 
but Malcolm, how do you explain games at 1 p.m. and noon Central Time on ESPN2 and ABC without MLB TV access? What? Yeah, I don't know what MLB is doing. They gave the Yankees prime time two days in a row because they're the Yankees and they love the Yankees. And the Twins, who are going to end up winning the World Series, they are putting on at 1 o'clock and noon o'clock each day. You're trying to grow the game, and let, yet you put the games in a time where kids are in school, people are at work. It's hard for people to start watching baseball when you don't even let them watch the playoffs. And they make it so hard to watch the games, so they put them on one channel you have to pay for, and they don't – with all the blackout restriction, it's just terrible – and MLB needs a commissioner who's more focused on actually growing the game instead of just doing stuff like Rob Manfred does to try to make it look like you're doing stuff to grow the game. Definitely. I think that's one of the only negative things the Twins there that we have to say in this episode. Besides that, super excited. Um, so now I think that's going to bring us into our first break, and we will be right back with um, some more analysis on how pumped we are for the, for the postseason and what our lineup could look like. All right, welcome back to the second half of Bomba Breakdown. We're going to give you a little bit on guys who were hurt for the Twins and if they're going to be healthy for the playoffs, what our lineup's going to look like, and then how that stacks up against the Astros lineup. At the end, we're going to talk a little about who we trust out of the bullpen and who we want to see used in big situations. So to start, I think we got Byron Bucks and Josh Johnson both left the first game of the Red Series a few days ago with injuries. Donaldson left in the second inning with a calf thing. You didn't see a specific moment where it hurt him, but he just came out of the game. It's worrisome because he had calf problems all year, missed a lot of time, but it sounds like it's just a small thing. Shouldn't really affect him that much. They're just playing it safe with the playoffs starting tomorrow. And Byron Buxton is much more scary. He got hit in the head with a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, went down. He looked to be all right at first and wanted to stay in the game. They made him leave the game, which is definitely the right decision. Always want to be really careful with head injuries. He was supposedly showing mild concussion symptoms, but not all of the concussion symptoms. And the Twins had had them both out there practicing today, and they seem to be looking good and ready to go. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, again, this is kind of one of those, like, hype up for the postseason videos. But it's just overall we're just kind of getting ready, getting you guys with, um, like, what the Twins uh, lineup will look like. And that's kind of what we're going to go into uh, right about now. So, uh, first, we're going to talk about um, uh, the lineup. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm, who do you have uh, with your one through nine for the Twins? Um, one through nine, I think if I'm predicting how Rocco's going to do it, it's different from how I would do it. I think I'm going to go here with what I think, how I think Rocco will make it look. And I think we got. Max Kepler leading off, Josh Donaldson second, Nelson Cruz third. Just how it's been pretty much all year with those guys when they're healthy. Um, I think in the four spot, he'll have Eddie Rosario, which I don't like having Rosario there. I think that's how it's going to happen. Um, fifth, I think we got, we'll have we'll see Miguel Sano, then Byron Buxton, um, probably then Luis Arise. Uh, who am I missing? We got still need Jorge Polanco, and then – Ryan Jeffers, I think, is how it will look. Yeah. But Definitely. it's not necessarily how I would do it, but I think that's what we'll be looking at going Yeah, what do you one. think the Twins will release the lineup? Because we've been known to have late um, lineup releases, but do you think the lineups will be out by the time, uh, like, our, like, school starts tomorrow? Do you think it'll be out by, like, say, 9 or 8? I think Rocco 
releases lineup real late. I think it's going to be like 10 okay. or 11 at the earliest. Um, yeah. He's going to hold it for a while, even with this. You just They'll want to make sure that Donaldson and Buxton are really ready to go. Because if there's any questions, you want to be careful, but you also want to get them in line if it's all possible. So I think that'll sew it up. One other note on that, I think that with the catching situation, we got Jefferson Garver, who I think should start all three games. I don't think Alex Avila should be playing much at all. You might have him come in late if you pinch run for one of your catchers or something. But those two are clearly superior hitters. And I feel like Jeffers has earned the right to be the game one catcher. But I really like the way Ryan Jeffers works with Jose Brios. I feel like Brios pitched much better with Jeffers behind the plate than he has with Garver behind the plate. So personally, if it was up to me, I would start Garver game one and Jeffers game two just to get Jeffers matched up with Jose Brios. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely something that should be talked about, though. Um, so for my one through nine, I'm going to go with probably not what Rocco is going to do, but what I would do. <clears throat> so I've got – um, to lead it off, Luis Arias, who has just been on a tear recently, especially after coming back from his, um, after coming back from his injury, and then for second and third, I think it's kind of obvious, Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, um, and then for the fourth hitter, I think Miguel Sano would be a very good um, cleanup man. Um, fifth for the Twins, I see us going. Um, I could see Buxton, and then maybe Kepler seven, Kepler six, and then Rosario, Jeffers slash Garver, and then Polanco seven eight nine. Who Polanco? We would see him as the number one or two guy last year, but obviously Donaldson is here now, and you'd probably get it anyways. But also Polanco's numbers have been way down, so it's kind of disappointing. Um, so really quick, yeah, Polanco ended up being. Fairly valuable this year, but that was just – he played a lot, which is very important to have. Played good defense. As a hitter, though, he just didn't have it at the plate. He was missing power. He wasn't consistently finding ways on base, so we've seen him do in the past. Still been grinding out play appearances. Still definitely a guy you want to have, but not your top of the hitter guy when you got all the depth the Twins Yeah, have. definitely. Um, so now, uh, just really quick, uh, how do you think – Rocco Baldelli is going to manage the postseason. He's been a very conservative manager this season, but do you think that'll change this offseason or this postseason? I'm sorry. We didn't see a whole lot of this last year in the ALDS. We only got three games and they went very poorly for the Twins. You can get to see Rocco trying to manage in a close game or manage with a lead. Yeah. I really, really hope he can be more aggressive this year or in the playoffs, playing guys all the time, going to his best guys in the bullpen. Um, more consistently, just I bet he'll have short, really short hooks on starters, which is good. As good as the twin stars have been, White is the only guy I trust going through more than five innings, really. Maybe give Barrios a six, but that's about it. I want to see short starts with twins guys because with the depth we have in the bullpen, that's superior to just about anyone else. I want to see him short hooks. I think that Rocco will play very stingy. I don't think we'll do much bunting or stealing bases. It's going to, most of our offense is going to come off of hitting the baseball and finding ways on base, which we do very well. And I think that's smart. If we're playing a close game, you might see someone take off. The Twins have not been very successful with that this year. And I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of that in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess we'll find out. And it'll definitely, I'm, it's such a curious time overall, but I think I'm, I'm just definitely super excited to see what, uh, how Baldelli manages this. Now let's talk a little bit about, um, the Houston Astros lineup um, and what it could potentially look like. Um, we've seen them definitely play 
very, let's just say, um, not how they would like. Uh, it's been pretty much all their guys have just not done. I think Altuve finished with like one or two homers and like a 217 average. He just did not look, he was just lost out there. He struck out at an alarming rate. It was just not good for him. Yeah, there's lots of guys who we've seen be very good for the Astros in the past. Guys took them to the World Series that have not been this well, good this year for whatever trash can related reasons you want to give. They just have not been um, as good of hitters as they have been in the past. But it's still so much talent up and down the lineup. Top draft picks, good hitters. So let's talk a little bit about the rotation and bullpen. For the Astros, obviously a huge loss of Justin, Justin Verlander for the Astros. It's really unfortunate. Um, and then they've got, they're kind of running out of time. Like Verlander, if he's going to miss next year too, he might not be in an Astros uniform again. And then Zach Granke, who is as old, almost as old as Justin Verlander, just like eight months, um, younger or younger, but Zach Granke has been probably the star this year, I'd say of their entire pitching staff. Um, though Presley has been, let's just see here. Uh, he's been okay. Not good for a reliever, but not bad. Not bad. Um, then we've got Christian or Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCallis Jr. And Jose, how do you pronounce that last name? Or Kitty. That's right. I am just, anyways. Um, then let's look at the, um, bullpen. So that's not a very good starting rotation obviously and then let's look at the uh bullpen side of things for um obviously ryan presley's the star uh one and three this year you know, we know that name he used to yeah. pitch for the twins and then but uh three four three era uh doesn't say everything obviously but a 1.3 repeated with not what you're looking for out of your number one and then we've got uh hear me out here this is these are not just random guys i'm looking up these are – this is actually, like, who the Astros have in their bullpen. Brooks Raley, Cy Sneed, Enoli Paredes, Andre Scrub, Luis Garcia, Blake Taylor, Chase Dan, who pitched one game for the Twins, um, and that's the only guy I know for that reason, and Nivaldo Rodriguez. Now, Josh James, uh, Austin Pruitt, Chris Davinsky, Brad Peacock, Ro- Roberto Ozuna. That would be a good bullpen, but everybody's injured. So um, some injury woes for the um, uh, talented. Them. And then I just, that is not a good bullpen. That is the worst bullpen in the AL postseason by far, I think. Yeah, this is a team that's been really good for a while now. And this year, they made it to the playoffs, but really didn't deserve it much. They were the worst playoff team in the American League, finished with an under 500 record, 29-31, and they really limped in. This series is lining up well for the Twins, and hopefully we can take advantage of the fact that we're highly favored in this series. Um, now I think we're going to make some predictions for the series, how we think the Twins are going to do. I guess actually we're going to talk a little bit about the Twins bullpen, who we trust, who we don't, and then we'll talk, make predictions before we wrap this thing up. Uh, so, Max, which guys in the bullpen? Give me your top three guys you trust most in a high-leverage right. situation. In a high-leverage situation. This, this may surprise some, I do admit. But the top three guys that I, I trust, Tyler Duffy, that seems to be the obvious choice. I trust Matt Whistler. While he has not been very good for very long, 
he's still just for some reason I just get good vibes off of him. And then my number three definitely is gonna be Jorge Alcala, who is young, does not pose an experience that I know that. I know that I know that. He's still done so good. He's thrown to hundred miles per hour with good control. That's so good to see. And none of them have had like very inconsistent stretches. Matt Whistler maybe gave up like a run or two um over the stretch of like three games, but um like Sergio Roma's had his off days and stuff. Um Trevor May has two. Um so it's just been I'd say those are the three guys that I trust the most. Yeah. Another thing on Jorge Alcala, well a few things on him. One is another reason he's very, very valuable for us is that he could pitch multiple innings. He can go two innings. Extreme circumstance, he can go three innings and still be effective, having been a, a starter just a few years ago. And that's huge, especially in the playoffs. If there was a game that went to extra innings, with no extra inning, with no run on second base, extra innings games go even longer now. It's huge to have. Your starter's short start. He can get you two innings in the middle. That's really big. Another thing on Jorge Alcala, the Twins got him a couple years ago in the trade for Ryan Presley. We gave, away, we gave up Brian Presley. We got Jorge Alcala. I'd say it worked out pretty well for us that just a couple years later, Alcala is a better reliever of the two. Um, and then if I was going to make my top three, I would also have Duffy in there. I would also have Alcala in there. And for me, I would go with Trevor May. His stuff is so electric. He's arguably got the best stuff. Other than Alcala, he's got the best stuff in the Twins' pen. Runs the fastball up there, 97-98. Good curveball. Veteran guy, great guy to have. Really good energy. I really like him. He was struggling for a while there. Was laying up a lot of home runs, but his last nine outings, he has a lot of run. Strikes a ton of guys out, and I think he'll be big for the Twins this year. Could end yeah, up being the closer. Um, I want a really quick add. Um, I think somebody who neither of us really mentioned, but um, who has struggled recently, but still, Sergio Romo won the World Series with the Giants. Got the final out in twenty something um anyways he yeah he was with the giants they won the world series he, he has a lot of postseason experience um it's really i'm like he's a veteran with a lot of postseason experience he's got a lot of hype i'm so excited to see this guy in the playoffs another guy i want to touch on a little bit that i'm really still not sure how much i trust him is caleb deal he this year has been a total revelation to us I didn't even think about him coming into the year being a part of the Twins' plans. And now he's – throughout the year, he's just gotten higher and higher leverage spots, and he keeps performing. Rocco keeps giving him more big innings, and he keeps coming through. He just lofts that curveball over there at 70 miles an hour, the 91, 92-mile-an-hour fastball, and has made it work all year. And I really don't know how much I trust him. I want to see him succeed. He's a great story coming back for the, from the Twins after last pitching the majors in 2015. Um, and – yeah, to see him get playoff innings would be huge, and I really think he could come up big for us if he can be as good as he has been all year. Yeah, definitely. So I think either way, it'll be such a fun series. I'm just more than excited for this. Um, what else do you want to touch on before um, predictions for, like, the games? Um, uh, I kind of slipped my mind there. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, Malcolm, first game. Uh, who do you have? Game one, Kent Maeda, Zach Greinke. I see the Twins. Um, is going to be his usual dominant self. I think he'll go six innings. I think he probably could go seven in my imaginary game that I'm picturing. 
but Rock will limit him to six. You want him to be ready to go to start the ALDS potentially. Whatever you need him to do, you want him ready. I'd say he goes six innings, no runs, like eight strikeouts, just like four hits, no walks, just dominant out there, shuts this Astros lineup down. And I think the Twins, they won't put up a ton of Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke's good at limiting damage. He doesn't walk many people. Generally, he's been pretty good at keeping the innings from snowballing on him. So I think the Twins line up putting up three off of him and then another couple off the bullpen, putting up, ending up five to one. Bullpen will all run over four innings, but that'll be – or three innings? Three innings. They'll be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, um, I've got another a win, of course. I really think – Maeda's experience in the postseason and also, obviously, against the Astros um, will be pivotal. It'll be it'll be a key aspect of the way he handles himself out there, and I think he'll go seven innings, one run. I think he'll have a low pitch count, which is really like something that Rocker pays attention to, but I think he'll give up an early run, and then um, he'll just be dominant after that because he seems to settle in super well. He'll give up maybe an early run and then just settle in amazingly. I think the Twins lineup against Sakarenki, this will be the closest to a pitcher's duel we'll see. I think the Twins will win this one 5-2. to two. Oh, no, 5-1, five, 5-1. One, five, one. The only one, the only run is going to be off of, it's going to be Alcala goes, no, not Alcala for the last two, but maybe. We'll see. Um, I don't know who's going to go the last two, but. Uh, easy innings, you know, gets the Astros. Uh, once you've seen a guy who's shut you down, you want to see a new guy, but the Twins have a really good bullpen. And the Astros do not. I, th- I see Granke giving up three over five innings and then the bullpen giving up a couple over the next four, which is not really what you want out of a bullpen, but it's nothing you can complain about too bad. Um, but that means that the Astros will also have used up a lot of their bullpen. And if the Twins use, say, Alcala for two innings. He could potentially be game three, but probably will be shut down for the rest of the series, but still only using one guy. And that guy is somebody who we didn't expect to even be able to use in the postseason, I think is really, really fun. So how about for you for game two? Yeah, we ended up both predicting five to one there in the first game. Twins win. Um, game two, I think we're going to run with. I think Lance McCullough Jr. is going to struggle. We're really going to work him, make him throw strikes. I think he's going to – he's had struggles throughout his career with finding the strikes. And I think – the Twins are really going to make him work for it. We're going to get him out of there after four innings with a high pitch count and having allowed four runs through four innings. We'll end up putting up seven. Just they'll kind of have waved the white flag at that point. Rios, I think we, he's struggled with high pitch counts recently. I think he'll only go like five innings. Even with the lead, Rock will keep him to it on a tight leash. He'll go five innings, one run. Get a bunch of strikeouts. I think he'll have like probably – one one or two walks, six hits, and then the bullpen will take over, just get a few shutout innings, and it'll be – I think. well, the bullpen will allow another run, so it's going to end up being 7-2. Right. That's a, not a bad prediction there. Um, definitely um, bold, but I think it could happen. Um, I think – I don't know. I, I can see Barrios going six innings. I think he's going to have not the highest pitch count, but I think – in that sixth inning, he'll let in two, maybe even all three of the runs, and um, that I'm predicting him to give up. I think I think he'll give up three runs, and I think the bullpen will give up a run. So I think it'll be four runs total for the Astros, but I think the um, 
On the offensive side of things, I agree. We'll blow up Lance McCullers Jr. I think he'll only go three and give up five runs, and I think the Twins will win this one nine to four. So it's still a very big victory, but um, I think Twins take both of the first two games without much struggle. And who, if it comes to that, who do you see in game three? If it's game three, I think the Twins are going to win. I think the Twins are going to win in two games. I don't think it should come to game three. But if it were to, because anything can happen in baseball any given day, you never know what's going to happen. Um, I think the Twins would win. I think Pineda would go probably five strong. Just get through it just the way he has all year since he's returned. It's not going to go super deep, but just throwing strikes, getting outs. And then it would be like – uh. 3-0 Twins win. I don't think we put up as much just because we haven't seen Framber Valdez before. It'd be a new look for us. Someone we've never seen could just throw our timing off a little bit, keep us off balance. But I think we would win yeah, that definitely. game too. I think we would take this one. I think Pineda would go six scoreless. I think it would be a. this is the game that the bullpen would struggle on. I think it would be a um, – 6-5 victory for the Twins, who they'd make it close at the end, the Astros would, but I think we could still definitely win this game. Um, so I think that's all, all the time we have, right? Yep, so that's all the time we have for today. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.